0: All right, welcome everyone. This is Pastor Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California, and thank you for joining me um, as we continue on through the book of Genesis. Um, good stuff today. Uh, the theme is uh, God's uh, word of promise, uh, the continual uh, reminder through the word for Abram uh, that he would not be childless, but rather uh, he would have many offspring and ultimately the future. Uh, promised seed, the ultimate blessing of Christ, uh, who came to the world to die for sinners. And this is uh, the constant tension, a lot of application here for us as we continue on in the word. And I I can't reiterate how important the word is. If you're watching this, continue to watch and learn and study. And you might already know it, but reviewing, 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 because at the end of the day, as we study Abram, as we study the tension, the struggles that he faced, it is the word that would continue to guide him. Not what we think the word says or what we want the word to say, but rather, uh, yeah, what, what does the word say? A- and there we study uh, the Bible, there we study the word, um, and there in times of, of trouble, of challenge, of conflict, We flee to what we know, and that is the word that illumines uh, who our Lord is, what he has done for us, and the comfort, ultimately, uh, as the word is Jesus, uh, the comfort of the gospel. So uh, continue to study this with me as we go throughout and um, I pray that uh, this goes well with you. All right, uh, why don't we start again? This is Pastor Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Park, California, 93021. It's so good to be here with you today um, as we dig deep, as we uh, go through Genesis 15, 1 to 7. A short text, but a beefy one, so there's a lot of meat here. So why don't we begin with a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. Lord, bless us in your word, and may this word dwell within us richly. Lord, we know that you give us the promise of Christ. Grant us the continued faith to trust and cling to your word, the word of promise. Bless us in your word, grant us your peace, and through all things, Lord, we thank you for the righteousness given through the redemption of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom we pray. Amen. All right. All right. Let's kick in. Get out your Bibles. Uh, Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. And uh, why don't we read this together? Now, again, um, yeah, why don't we read it? Verse 1 After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. So, uh, again, clearly, uh, after these things, so what should be going on in your mind? All that the Lord had told Abraham, all that the Lord or that Abram went through, uh, we can go back to Genesis 12, too, which I've been really uh, pounding home lately uh, with, uh, with the importance of that reference to the promise of God. Uh, we could go to the victory over Cedar uh, Lamer and the four kings. Um, we can go over the, the, the blessing of Melchizedek, a remembrance of thanking God for and crediting God for all that he has done. And, and at the end of the day, victory. All by what God had done, right? And uh, therefore, after these things, so the victory was had, uh, you look at chapter 14 and and you clearly see, uh, yeah, God working, God at work. So it, it definitely shows Abram, that's right, God does these things. 318 men, we go uh, and we defeat uh, the, these four kings who were having their day with everyone that they uh, overcame. They were like these powerhouses, and there Abram would be victorious all by the hand of God, as we, are, as we mentioned in Melchizedek, uh, as, uh, and therefore we know. What does Abram do? He, he gives a, a tenth of all that he had. Crediting God for everything that he had done thus far. So after these things, good God, gracious God, merciful God, delivering God, right? The Lord says, fear not. In a vision, I am your shield. Your reward shall be great. Again, um, this is the Lord in Abram's vision where there uh, he is saying, fear not. Right? He knows his heart. Not only is there the presence of the Lord here in this um, in this uh, vision, uh, but also remember who is your protector, who is your shield, who is your refuge, who is your you know deliverer. Um, this is very important uh, because again, uh, if you know who God is, oh, why why are you uh, fearing things? Um, and he reminds him, "Your reward shall be great." Again, going back to Genesis 12, right here, this is the reward, and, and that is uh, that your name will be great, the offspring will be plentiful, uh, you will be a great nation. All these things are what? Right here, it's it's a promise. You know, uh, you know, in the in the New Testament, uh, Jesus always says, "Do not be afraid, fear not." It is I, let, let not your hearts be troubled. Uh, we know the story uh, in, uh, with, with the storm, uh, the, the disciples saying, uh, Are you going to let us perish? And, and Jesus says, No. He, he makes the calm storm still. Uh, and, and he reminds them, Fear not, right? Fear not. This is who I am. I'm the creator, I'm the redeemer. Uh, I am God, right? And, and you know, when, when God is with you, As as we see um, in the future with Joshua, what does he say after he gets the baton from Moses uh, to be the final uh, leader to the promised land? Well, uh, he says, um, uh, the Lord says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous because God is with you. This is the promise. I think when we talk about promise and we talk about Christ for us, that's uh, at the end of the day, what this is all about here, of course. And we'll talk about that at the end in Galatians 3. But... The promise, this is yours, right? This is your shield. This is your reward. This is your free gift that God has given to you by his grace, right? This is the life that you live. Now, uh, the Lord knew his heart, and he knew his struggle. We have struggles, too. We have challenges. Uh, we have uh, conflicts. Uh, we have the spiritual battle that is before us, Um. And uh, here we see God reminding Abram by his very word what he promised to do and what he would do, because this is God's word. What he wills, he does. Very important, right? So after these things, this is what he says. Fear not. I mean, quickly. I mean, just the, the, the topic of fear, the, talk, the, the topic of, uh, 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 of, of this culture that we live in. How easy uh, when we talk about fear? Um, You know, uh, when we talk about fear, uh, how quickly we fall to that rabbit hole of fear in this day and age. But then when we go back to the word rather than self, when we go back to the word and promise, it's like, that's right. Boom, boom, boom. Right. That's right. And and this is the the tension of Abram. And this is verse two and three. Why don't we read that together? Uh, but Abram said, O oh Lord God, what will you give me for I continue childless and the heir of my house is a leaser of Damascus, question mark, will it be? And Abram said, behold, you've given me no offspring and a member of my household will be my heir. So he is, yeah, he, I mean, if we were in Abram's shoes, uh, we would probably be thinking the same thing, right? I mean, the eye test, right, eye test shows what? Childless equals It was customary for the servant, uh, if there was no children, uh, to become the heir uh, of the family line. And there, Abram was simply doing what? He was assuming. Yeah, I don't see it. We're getting old, right? We're getting old. And uh, as the years tick by, the more and more we see Eliezer as... um, Yeah, as he... Heir of our family, and and of course, I think, uh, and this is the thing, you guys. uh, Our eyes see one thing, but our faith sees another. We we are not led by the seen, but we are led by the unseen, right? We are led uh, by what is of the word of God, and this is the tension, right? On one hand, uh, Abram received, Genesis 12, 2, right, Uh, the promise, and at the end of the day... The gospel. Yet at the same time, in this promise, he is dealing with the the physical uh, uh, reality uh, that there is no child, right? And this is where I think this is the moment that we all have—not necessarily like Abram, but in this life of faith, where do we cling? Who do we trust? Uh, wh- where do we go? And you know, you know how it is, friends. You know how easy it is to do what? Uh, yeah, to, to trust in the eyes, to trust in the flesh, to trust in the world, uh, to, to go to the culture of fear, right? To, to flee for your own refuge, to find your own reward, rather than what the promise of God has given to us. And that's the tension, right? That's why studying the word is very important, because as we study this word, this is our go-to. I know my great mentor, um, uh, his name is uh, uh, Pastor uh, uh, Walter, and I, I love Pastor Walter. And, uh, uh, you know, in our great talks, uh, in our as I was a young uh, associate pastor there uh, in, in Washington, um, he'd always talk to me. Um, and I'd listen, of course, because uh, he had decades of service in ministry. Um, but as he talked... Uh, you know, I loved it because all he would do is speak scripture to me. Like that was his dialogue. That was his vernacular. That's, that's what he spoke. And, uh, though, uh, he is a sinner like me, uh, there I realized how important it is to be in the word because as you're in the word, uh, there, it will follow you there. God will guide you and there you will even mouth those words. In the midst of the challenge of our sin, right? Again, temptation is real, and we will all face it until the end of time. But in that midst of temptation, where do we go? Right? We go to God's word. Very important. Genesis twelve two. After these things, all that the Lord had done, this is the tension that he faced, right? All right. Uh, so, so really, I want you to discern that in your life. Um, I test, and in those moments, where do you go? Do you flee to your own human opinion, perspective, your way, uh, your thoughts, your ideas? Or do you revert back to the Word, right? Do you revert back to the grace of God, the promise, the gospel, Jesus Christ? I mean, this is, uh, this is the tension that we face. And, and the key is to, to understand that struggle because a lot of times, uh, we live so human, so human that we don't even see the faith. We don't we, we, we're so sinful that it's so subtle that soon enough we, we just trust in the eye test and, and there we go to the flesh. There we go to the world. And this is the tension here. So the Lord um, and, and, and Abram right here is just kind of getting to that conclusion that, yeah, of course, uh, looks it like, looks like this will be, my household will be my heir. Um, and here in verse four, as we continue on, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir, your very own son shall be your heir. So again, he's going back to, to Genesis 12:2. That your son, you will have a son, right? And he will be your heir. What God says he will do, God's Promise, God's word of promise. See, the thing is, at the end of the day, where does this all point to? It all points to Jesus. Now, what God says He will do, God's word of promise. When when Jesus says it is finished upon the cross, it is truly finished. Does that make sense? Your 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 sins are forgiven. When He says I have overcome the world, when St. Paul says death has lost its sting, uh, when. <laughs> When when doubting Thomas says, my Lord, my God, as he sees uh, the marks on the side of his, uh, the marks on the side and the marks in his hands, um, the resurrection. This is yours. This is your victory, right? And and for Abram, though downtrodden he was, childless he was, God is reminding him that you will have a son. And that's where our (laughs) life of faith Trusts in the very word of God. See that? And that's attention, friends. I can't over- understate it enough. Overstate? Understate? I'm not sure. But that how easy we trust in self rather than what does the word of God say? Right? And here God is, he came to Abram and he told him these very words. And, I, and, and this is the faith life. It is the word of God. That is where we rest and reside, right? Verse 5. Well, I'm not reading. Uh, okay, sorry. Okay, no, we won't read that yet. That's right. Um, I, know I've been, I haven't been looking on my notes. But it is fresh on my mind because I just taught this yesterday. But verse 5, if we could read this. um, And he brought him outside and said, look towards the heavens and number the stars. If you're able to number them, then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. So this time, of course, is in the nighttime part of the day. uh, And and there... uh, He would show him all the stars in the sky and just imagine that, you know, uh, this is how your offspring will be. This is the number, this is how numerous, I mean, this is a radical word, isn't it? I mean, childless. His eyes say, no children. What? Are oh, and now you're looking, taking me out to see the stars. And, and there it is, right? How radical of a promise is this? I'd say pretty radical, right? Uh, a pretty uh, 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 marvelous and magnificent and magnanimous and stupendous and abundant, right? All the big words I know ever since the SATs anyways. Uh, but here we see the picture, right? I mean, we, we talk about stars. Uh, the Lord also brings up the sand of the seashore in Genesis 22, right? He also brings up, uh, when it comes to the offspring, the new number, uh, the dust of the earth, Genesis 28, right? So, when we, we speak of, uh, of, uh, of the promise of God... In the midst of what he sees in his physical eyes, this is, this takes faith, faith by that very word, the word that was given to him, right? God came to Abram and gave him the word. So verse six, what happened after that? I think this is a big chunk here. So shall your, oh, so, and he believed, okay, sorry. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Abram believed and counted to him as righteousness. By the very word that came to Abram, there he believed. These are the first words when we talk about belief. Belief. Uh, in the book of Genesis and and this is a a picture of you know we we speak of Noah we speak of uh, what he had done Uh, his actions clearly proved and showed his faith but here it says clearly Abram believed right by the word that was given to him and it was counted to him as righteousness now again what does this mean that it counted to him as righteousness um Now, why don't we turn to Romans 4, 22 to 25. Romans 4, <clears throat> 22 to 25. Romans 4, 22 to 25. All right. Ready? That is why his faith, and that's um, we speak of um, Abraham... That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus, our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Again, uh, when it comes to righteousness, a lot of people think, what about righteousness? This is what I have to... Attain, earn, merit. Right? Now, did Abraham choose to believe? Was this decision theology? Man, I can't even write decision. <laughs> Anyways, no, right? It's by the word that was given to him. We're there. Faith was given there. He believed and that belief, that trust is in the righteousness of God's promise. And ultimately that is of the gospel. See, the thing is, when it talks about counted to him as righteousness, this is not what he did but rather his faith in the word, the word that is Christ, Christ that charges to us ultimately his righteousness. This is what righteousness is. It is outside of ourselves. It's worked outside of ourselves. It's all by the grace of God, his mercy, his work, it's all about the gift that is given, and there you are made righteous, right? Those who have been baptized into Christ have, been, have put on Christ, the robe of righteousness, right? This is the picture of what God does. And there, by faith, it was counted to him as righteousness. How do you know that you are righteous? How do you know? You know? How do you know? I think a lot of times when we talk about righteousness, it's, it's easy, uh, it's, it's the Pharisees. It's what you've gained. It's what you've earned. It's what you've attained. Right? That's not Abram. Right? He believed in the word. This is the life of faith. Faith is a what? It's a regalo, right? A gift. Right? On Korean, somul, right? It's a gift. Oh, should I bring out the Korean more? I'm not sure. The limited knowledge that I have uh, of Korean, I should. Anyways, but it's a gift, right? So when we talk about Abram believed and it was counted to him as righteousness, this was not Abraham's human strength or human will. Right. This was all by the word that came to him uh, where God gave him this faith, where God gave him this belief, and there it was counted to him as righteousness because at the end of the day, righteousness is outside of himself. The object of our righteousness is ultimately the Christ, the Son of the living God. Very important. Right? We cannot add to our salvation. We cannot uh, earn and get uh, the, the ultimate righteousness all by our good works. Right? No, we're, our righteousness is Christ. And and his grace is sufficient, and we're already there, right? Covered by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, right? This is the picture of our righteousness. It's the blood that covers us. It's the ultimate gift of the gospel. So Abram believed and it was counted to him as righteous. You are righteous. But pastor, you, you know my sin. You know I struggle. You know there is so much in my life that I'm still dealing with in my sin and shame. I, I, I totally understand. But in that life of repentance, which is the life of faith. There we rest upon the righteousness of Christ, the absolution that God has given to you by his death and resurrection, resting on the markers, the the tangible gifts that he has given to you in your baptism, in the Lord's Supper. This is where you are made righteous. And again, the baptism, Lord's Supper, it's not what you do. It's not what you attain. It's not your commitment, your outward commitment to, to, to show. No, this is God working on you. That's what the sacraments are. Everything about our faith is God working upon us. We didn't tell Jesus to come down here, but as dead sinners, by His grace, He came down to this world to die on the cross, to declare us and charge to us His righteousness by the shedding of His blood in the empty tomb. And there, we very well know what it, what counts, and that's Jesus. That's who counts by every uh, by His uh, blood at Calvary at that cross. There He counts for us, and we are assured that we are righteous all by what he has done. All right, so Abram believed and counted him as righteousness. Faith. Right, faith is a gift. Faith is given by the word. Faith is Christ. All right. Okay. Verse seven. Was that enough on that one? Oh, okay. So uh, Luther would say here pertaining to verse six, he says, uh, and listen in here, The chief and most important part of the doctrine is the promise. To it, faith attaches itself, or, to speak more clearly, faith lays hold of it. Moreover, the confident laying hold of the promise is called faith, and it justifies, not as our own work, but as the work of God. For the promise is a gift. It is not some work of ours. When we do something for God or give him something, now we receive something from him, and that solely through his mercy. So righteousness is given solely through his mercy. And when we do something for God or give him something, it is not some work of ours. Don't you see? Uh, We're not trying to, um, as Luther would say, clearly say here that your righteousness is not confined in your human works no your righteousness is actually apart from you it is it is christ and in him crucified it's the gospel for you right that's why you always need to hear the gospel because at the end of the day no matter how much we try which it is good to do good works right it is our duty as christians to do what god has called us to do but at the end of the day salvifically we cannot Attain righteousness. We cannot earn eternal life. No, it's by the gospel, which is the work of Christ outside of ourselves. And this is righteousness. All right. Verse 7. As we conclude today. Okay, we're going to be at 30 minutes. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from the Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. Again, the Lord is reminding Abram what the Lord had done. Passes, I have brought you out. You know, it's the picture of the Good Shepherd. We just spoke of this on Sunday um, about carrying the lost sheep home. You know, Abram was in captivity, that is, of his idolatry. Right? He was captivated by these things. He was blind in the culture of idolatry. That's where he was. And there, by the Lord's grace, he brought him out. Again, this is not human strength stuff. This is the grace and, and mercy alone stuff. This is God, right? Um, and what I've done in the past, delivering you, this is what you shall have in the future. This is the land that you will possess. Just as I brought you out, I will give you this land. Again, Exodus 22, uh, 20 verse 2. When we look at the giving of uh, the Ten Commandments, right? Um, in Exodus 20, uh, verse 2. And here we see, if you could turn to it. Here we see in verse two, and God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Different context, right? In terms of how they were captivated, uh, how they were under the power of, of slavery under Pharaoh. But it is a reminder to what he's about to tell them about the Ten Commandments. He prefaces it with these words. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out, who brought you out. This is all by the power of God. You know the plagues. You know ultimately the Passover. You know the let my people go. And they're the crossing of the Red Sea. Miraculous, right? (coughs) And and, and there, this is the Lord's deliverance. I mean, and you see it, right? Though they were brought out, the Israelites would do what? They would grumble. They would complain. They would rebel against Moses, right? Uh, Though the Lord had done all these things, and ultimately after Kadesh Barnea, after their... Uh, uh, disbelief of uh, surveying the land there, that first generation uh, w- w- would not make it except a few, right? But, again, the key is, is that they were brought out. This is all by the mercy of God alone, right? And he is reminding Abram, this is what I have done, and all I have done as your one true God This is what I will do. It's almost as if God is saying to him, my will be done. Trust in my word. Trust in my word of promise in the midst of the childlessness that you see. Trust, right? And there, um, we know uh, that by his word, uh, uh, Abram would believe. We'll soon see how uh, he still tries in his own way uh, to, to do what? Um, uh, yeah, he, he still will try in verse, uh, in chapter 16, uh, there will be this kind of manipulation that goes on. But here the Lord is reminding Abram and, and, and really bringing him, we're not going to talk about it today, but really uh, to, to assure him of what is to come, right? About this land that he will possess. And it all is rooted back to the stars and the dust and the seashore, the grains of the sand and the seashore. This is the plentiful promise that he gives, right? Um, So God is at work. It's all about God and his work and his grace and his mercy in our lives too. Isn't it? Why don't we close here with Galatians three? If you can turn there, Galatians three. I think this really does bring everything back uh, full circle here uh, for us. Um, Galatians 3, 7-10, and let's read that together. It says this, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. The gospel preached beforehand to Abraham. God is at work. Right? This land you will possess because I am the one true God who brought you out. You know, for us, as we live post-resurrection, as we look to the future, yes, there will be uh, the final day. There will be the culmination. There will be the time when the glorious bodies will be raised up and the tombs will shake. This will happen. This is what we're looking forward to in the midst of, let's say, all the toils and afflictions that you might be facing this day, that we have the joy of the gospel, the joy that is of Christ and his victory, because what God's word says is, and it will be done. That is where our life of faith resides. That is our righteousness, because what is done is Jesus. What he did for us in his finishing work, in his death and resurrection, and the word and sacrament, this is, at the end of the day, the gospel that was preached to Abraham and for you. So, you know, when we talk about God's word of promise, in the tension of our flesh and all the things the devil tries to uh, uh, throw us, right, in all these temptations, the key point today is what? What does God's word say? Fear not. I am your shield. Your reward shall be great. What does God's word say? Right? Right? God's promise to Abraham, the stars, the, the, the sand, the dust, the numerous offspring that he will have. What does God say? And there uh, he counted to him as righteousness and uh, that he, he was brought out from his land, but yet he will possess this. Uh, he will possess uh, what it is of the future, this great land. And, and this is the picture, you guys. Uh, and, and for you, this is your promise as well. Right? You have victory, you have salvation, you have forgiveness, you have the gospel. Right? This is your refuge, this is your shield. Right? This is the life that God has given to you in his name. And in this promise, there we continue to cling to his word as we live this life of faith. And it sounds easy. Trust me, friends, you and I both know. At times, oof, it is difficult. Yet we go back to the word. Right? We go back to the word. And we go back to the word. You know, Abraham struggling, childless, goes back to the word. God comes to him, gives him the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. So study. Study the Bible. Read the Bible. Come to church. Hear God's word. Right? This is not a chore. This is not a task. This is not something that you have to do in a sense of, oh, I have to study the word. No, this is the word to which is your being. You know, this is the word uh, where in the times of as, as we look at Abraham, this is the word to which leads you in the comfort of the righteousness of Christ. We're not believing in a God that we want. We're not believing in a God that we think um, he is who he is. So no, we believe in a God according to his word. Studying his word, going to his word, resting in his word, this is what leads us. And for Abram, continually, this is how the Lord uh, was leading him. All right, seems like someone's here. So why don't we close here today? Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. Lord, bless us uh, in the righteousness of faith. Right? Lord, bless us in, in Christ. Lord, lead us in the comfort of salvation, knowing full well that by grace we are saved, that faith is a gift that you have given to us by your Spirit. Bless us in this life of faith and always grant us wisdom and faith as we continue to walk in your ways. Bless us in your holy word. We pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hi right, friends, uh, thank you for joining me today. This is Pastor Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. If you've missed something, please rewind, be kind, rewind, and, and there you'll find it. Hopefully this will go well with you. Okay, next time, we'll see you. Until then, adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com.